Hello there, my name is Sabrina. Welcome to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. Are you a homeschooling mama? Either a first timer, or maybe you've already been at it for years. Maybe you're just thinking about it. I want to encourage you on this journey. Tune in every week to learn hard-won wisdom, practical advice, and tips from other homeschooling moms. You can do this. Welcome back to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. Today I'm going to start a series about probably the greatest challenge I've encountered in all 28 years of homeschooling my six children. And that is the fact that my youngest daughter, Katie, has dyslexia. She's 17 years old now and graduating from high school this year. I've homeschooled her all the way through, but it is only by the grace of God that we've been able to persevere through some extremely difficult years. I'm grateful that I had homeschooled her five older brothers and sisters first, because I'm not sure I would have been able to continue for the long haul if she had been my first or second child. I feel very passionate now about putting the word out to other moms who may have or at least suspect they have a child with dyslexia. If I can save you just some of the grief that we experienced, or at least give you a heads up as to what to watch for, it'll be well worth it. Homeschooling is demanding under the best of circumstances, but with learning disabilities thrown into the mix, it can quickly become overwhelming. One of the important things to understand about dyslexia is that it's a condition that never goes away. Your child will not outgrow it but he will learn to work around it. So as a parent, you want to get a jump on addressing it early and getting help if you're concerned. Furthermore, dyslexia is not rare. It's estimated that 15 to 20% of people have it in varying degrees. There's a good chance that some of you listening today have children who are dealing with this issue. And let me say at the outset that even though it can be intimidating initially, the good news is that there are many helpful resources out there. And here's some even better news. People with dyslexia, because of their unique ways of processing information, have incredible gifts in many other areas, especially in their creativity, which we'll talk about later. Famous and successful people with dyslexia include Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, and many more. So let me just start with the very basic definition of what dyslexia is before I talk about the warning signs. In its most simple form, it is a neurobiological learning disorder that involves serious struggles with reading, writing, spelling, and speaking. It is not a hearing problem or a vision problem. It is much more complex than that. It took me several years till Katie was nine years old to get a definitive diagnosis. Before that, I had noticed a lot of things that seemed off and very different from my older kids, but I just kept assuming and hoping things would get better. 
In preparing for this podcast series, I dug out an old list from a workshop I attended several years ago called The Warning Signs of Dyslexia. It's broken down into age groups with signs to watch for in preschool, then in elementary school, then high school, and finally even in adults. I made check marks by each of the signs that Katie exhibited, and I'd say she had most of them. If I'd have had that list in her preschool and early elementary years, it would have pointed me in the direction of suspecting that she had dyslexia, but I didn't know that at the time. Like I said, if I can pinpoint some of these signs that you might be noticing with your child, it could direct you to getting the help you need. So the first warning sign listed during the preschool years is delayed speech. Now Katie was adopted from China at a year old, so she had heard only the Chinese language for the first year of her life. And then she did an abrupt switch and heard only English after we adopted her. I knew that babies develop a lot of their language skills in their first year of life, so I wasn't that surprised that she had delayed speech. She pretty much relied on hand gestures or actions or even grunts to get her needs met. When she continued not talking, even at two and a half to three years old, we were concerned enough to put her into speech therapy. The teacher had worked with several other Chinese adoptees who had the same kind of delays. So again, I wasn't too concerned, and it seemed like the therapy was helpful. But there were other strange things I noticed. She had absolutely no sense of rhyme. When you read nursery rhymes to children, they very quickly pick them up, memorize them, and want to repeat them. With all my older children, if I read the rhyme two or three times, they would pick up on it enough to fill in the blank if I left out a word. I would say, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great... And the kids would say, Fall. But with Katie, it was different. She would look at me confused. She wasn't sensing the rhyme at all. Instead, she would point to one of the pictures on the page and look up and say, Horse or Tree. Even with super simple rhymes like one, two, buckle my shoe, and even with the picture of the shoe right there on the page, she was confused. In hindsight, this was definitely a red flag. I've never seen that anywhere else, and I've read aloud to a lot of little children. In addition, as hard as she tried, she could not learn the ABC alphabet song. And again, most preschoolers pick that up really quickly. The next item on the warning list, mixing up the order of syllables in words. So rather than saying animal, Katie would say aminel. Or instead of hospital, she'd say hopsital. This is actually something she can do even now, especially if she's tired. Again, I didn't worry about it too much since she had had speech issues, but I did note it. Next on the warning list is constant confusion between left and right. And amazingly, even now at age 17, she can be slightly hesitant about which is which. She was also very late to establish a dominant hand. She seemed ambidextrous. And at a certain point, when she was probably five years old, I figured it was time to just push it and be purposeful about placing items only in her right hand. 
Finally, she became fully right-handed. Another item on the list, difficulty learning to tie shoes. I think most five-year-olds learn how to do this pretty quickly, but Katie had a very hard time with it, and she always ended up just asking me to do it. She struggled with the whole bunny ears concept, and her ties always came loose. I ended up just buying her Velcro-type shoes and let it go at that. The next item on the preschool list is a parent or close relative with dyslexia. Well, I don't know if this one applies to her or not, since she has no connection with her birth parents due to the Chinese adoption system, but I'd be willing to bet she checks that box too. The only item on the preschool list that she did not have was chronic ear infections, although she did have delicate health for the first year after we adopted her. So just to recap, if your preschooler is exhibiting some of these signs, it does not mean he or she has dyslexia, but you should definitely keep an eye on things. If you continue to be concerned, you might want to take a look at testing or tutoring options in your area. Ask other moms you know for leads. Do research on your own and get educated about learning challenges. A couple books I highly recommend are Overcoming Dyslexia by Sally Shaywitz, S-H-A-Y-W-I-T-Z, and the book the, the Gift of Dyslexia by Ronald David, and I'll list those books in the show notes. Next week in part two of these series, I'll be going over the warning signs of dyslexia in elementary school-age children. This is when problems can really begin to accelerate. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share this episode with a friend, especially one who has some concerns about learning issues with a child.